Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Tales of Adea. Unfortunately, Milos um, can't join us today. We hope, Milos, that you're watching, but please focus on getting better first. He is not feeling well, as I was not feeling well last week. Um, but we will continue on. Um, and uh, without further ado, we'll uh, get right into it. <clears throat> Alright. The Tower of Danos... Day unknown, month unknown, year unknown. He hates the pain, and it consumes him. But for once, there is clarity in his pain. He stands over the body of one of the intruders, a dwarf. The dwarf had fallen into the snow while reaching for his companions. His friends? A woman shoots forward and drops to one knee, invoking magic that blinds him. It brings tears to his eyes, and it hurts him. But it also reminds him, and he wonders, what has he done? How could he have let this happen? How could he have made this happen? I... But no sound comes out of his mouth as he stands, teary-eyed and spectral over the revived dwarf, and then disappears. He hates himself. Moments later, the Ashen Hearts stand together in the now darker, still snowy interior of the last globe in Laboratory 1 of Danos Tower. The apparitions of dead elves have vanished, and so has the vision of Danos himself. Less than a minute ago, Barnak fell unconscious and died in that very snow around you. But now he stands again, brushing it off, and rearranging his attire in unusual silence. In the meantime, another unusual thing occurred, which most of you did not seem to have noticed until just now, including you, Myra. You, Myra, are wrapped in a spectral clockwork breastplate over your normal attire, whose cogs seem to move slowly and tick without sound. It has a faint green glow and it seems to be disappearing slowly. Through the sparse dead trees around you, you also now again see the outline of that towering mountain, on whose face there is a door, behind which lie, supposedly, the means to resurrect the wizarding master of this tower. We now join the Ashen Hearts, as you've just come out of the fight, and must decide on how to proceed. What would you like to do? So. Fuck. <laughs> I totally forgot. Shit happened last week. Or well, last session. So, the combat is over. Barnak is on his feet. Um, and you look down, and you just have, like, you know, you, you, you're used to wearing a breastplate, but this one is overlaid on top of your normal gear. And it's just intricately made of interlocking cogs and other mechanical bits that all seem to link together <clears throat> slowly fading away yeah i'm gonna try to like make it fade faster by like trying to push it off of myself okay you you're able to touch it but it does not budge it's like physically just completely immovable i think jj uh Having having kind of seen 
Barnack, or, or rather, um, last time I think uh, Patrick kind of told him Barnack's okay, and now that the the spectral figure has dissipated, I think um, JJ kind of like turns around and sees uh, Myra uh, surrounded by this spectral bestplate, you know, kind of hovering over Barnack or helping him up or whatever. Um, and he kind of lets the sword dissipate um, that he was holding and very slowly makes his way slowly, you know, with deliberate intention towards Myra and uh, tries to place a hand on her shoulder if she'll allow it. I don't know if she makes yeah. any reaction. I'll the hand on my shoulder. Even though, I probably don't even notice it at first trying to... <laughs> well, it's actually, there's a piece of the breastplate there, so you have to put it on top of the mechanical breastplate. Yeah, which is nice. Um, I just, uh, he, he just kind of looks her, tries to catch her gaze, I guess, because it seems like she's kind of out of it right now. And as soon as he does, he just says, um, thank you very much. I was... Please. Say for Barnack, he looks up and he can't says, identify on the breastplate. Okay. Sorry, Chancey, you want to say something? Uh, I'll kind of shake my head. Of course. Yeah. As many times as I've almost died, still an ashen heart. My job is to protect everyone. Um, with the identify, do you try to do it stealthily? I do not. Okay. Um, in that case, Jean-Jacques briefly um, invokes a, a bit of magic. There's another bit of like green vapor that comes off his hands, which seems to be more prevalent in the past few hours than it has been so far. Um, as you do so. It's not an item. There's nothing to identify. It is Myra. Yeah. He just says, um, <clears throat> quite curious. It's good to have you here, Myra. This happened before you came along, well, we'd probably all be dead by now, so thank you for finding us when you did. No problem. Let's uh try to wake up this stupid wizard and get out of his goddamn tower. Just one moment, please. And he turns towards Barnack. He just goes like, um, rage on his face, and he says, "Uh, now you stupid motherfucker, if you ever pull something like that again, I will fucking kill you myself. You understand me?" Rushing over like that, where you ain't got no place to be. Stupid fucking ranger. And he just kind of waltzes off towards the door. <laughs> I, I will say, Barnack does not have his usual, like, own feisty comeback. Um, based on what I was told, um, he is quite... Like, he lets it wash over him. And he just kind of looks at, at Jean-Jacques and then just nods when you finish. But doesn't do anything else. Um, He's walking away, Junker's just like muttering under his breath and like 
you know, Elvish or Sylvan or something, just, you know, a, a curse, a, a string of curse words that is just unending. Okay. But I think it's it's obvious uh, that, that, you know, he's just relieved uh, okay. more than anything. Okay. Um, Patrick, in the meantime, throughout this, will have found his way to stand next to Tani, and he just kind of leans in a little bit to the side, and he just goes, uh, are they all right? Will this be a problem? He won't. He he doesn't really mean that. He's just relieved that Barnick's alive, and I am too. As am I, but he seems very worked up. Well, it'll be fine. Onwards, I suppose. And he uh, like instinctively just looks over at Napoleon, like beckons him along, and the bear comes um, to follow Patrick, and they both go to follow Jean Jacques. As he marches off. Anything the three of you left behind want to talk about? Or do you go to catch up to Jean-Jacques as well? Catch up. Okay, catch up. Alright, so... Um, without too much trouble, you uh, you catch up. And uh, you find yourselves face-to-face with this enormous... Uh, well, not enormous, really. But just a large um, double-door... Uh, kind of built into the side of the mountain. There's a very thick metal frame, and uh, the doors themselves are also made of metal. They're not decorated. They don't seem to have a lock either. Um, you can probably gather that from the way that this place, uh, or where this place is, its very location is its protection. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have that much more uh, in store, as far as you can tell. Would you like to just head right in? Or is there anything you want to do? I beforehand? will. I would like to just investigate the door mm-hmm. and make sure there are no um, magical or physical traps present. Okay. If I can. Okay. Go ahead and roll uh, an investigation check. Eighteen. Um. Okay. So you you take really like a good minute or so to kind of check all of the grooves and all of the little imperfections on the door to make sure that none of them were placed intentionally as part of some kind of trap or anything dangerous uh, about it. And you find nothing of the sort. Um, You find that you can pull the door open if you wish, and that's pretty much the extent of any mechanism that is present to your knowledge and insight. We We don't need the the key yet? Uh, not here, it seems. Okay. Well, I will. I'll open the door. Okay. So you you open the door and it kind of comes loose almost on its own. Like it's it's one of those things where the the craftsmanship is so good that you know there's no problem moving it perfectly. So you swing it open, and as it uh, as it opens, there's a short corridor, maybe forty feet in length ahead of you. There's one door on the right that is closed, made of wood. And then there's, at the end, is a rather ornate door, which has, at the very center, a very thick lock um, in place. It is also quite small. You think that maybe, you know, a tall elf would probably have to stoop a little bit to get through. But um, that is probably where the key belongs. Okay. And we've assembled it, right? We've added all the three pieces Um, together? Actually, funnily enough, you did not explicitly assemble it yet, I believe. Um, you just inspected to check that it could indeed fit in there um, to form in, uh, the key and like how the mechanism would work, but I don't think you explicitly put it together yet. 
Um, but it's yeah. not yeah. too much trouble. <clears throat> I thought we did because you said it like looked like it didn't have seams after it was all together. Uh, it looked like it, it comes through like uh, so it's this part is very difficult because it's like a really intricate mechanism in my head um, but the point is that like if you were to push it onto the key itself then like the actual key part comes out and then it would have no seams but you haven't actually uh, completed that process but okay. it well, doesn't take much effort so you can push yeah. it into place and complete the key um, right now Okay. I'll, I'll check, just to be safe, I'll check this area as well for, for traps. Okay. Go ahead, uh, roll another investigation check. Um, and okay. while Jean-Jacques is kind of plowing ahead and investigating, uh, Tani and Myra, is there anything you two want to be doing? Uh, no, I'll just keep like an eye on Barnack and make sure he's still along with us. Okay. Just quietly watching. Okay. Tani, anything? Barnack as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'll look at Barnack as well, see how he is, and I'll try to, like, stretch my hand towards maybe... Does he have hair, even? <laughs> I think he is balding on top. Um... <laughs> okay, so I'll, like, try to... Like shyly reach a hand to smoothen out his his hair, but mm. then I'm like, oh no, is that too intimate? Is that too weird? Okay. So I'm, I'll try to like comfort him, but I don't know how to. So okay. Well, do that. See, seeing the two of you look at him at various times, I will say Barnack probably, and you can hear this in the background, Jean Jacques. Um, he just kind of perks up a little bit, and he, you know, offers a customary smile, um, and he'll just say, uh, "Well, we did it." Um, let's, let's kick this thing's ass. And, you know, he just starts moving forward and kind of tries to leave you behind a little bit, you know. Maybe he's keeping up pretenses, maybe he really is fine. It's hard to tell at the moment. Um, but, as he does so, Jean-Jacques, you found no further traps or any traps whatsoever. Uh, you did notice that the simple wooden door on the right leads to a, a small storage room. There's a couple of racks on each side. Um, and it seems that there is still fresh meat and wine and water um, kept within. Just some supplies that have probably been magically enchanted to not spoil, um, but nothing of note otherwise. Um, <clears throat> yes. Is it possible we take a short rest even to... Trying to help with what everything just happened. So we don't know what's behind this other door. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't know how long we have before the uh, mist decides to act up again. We could, but that might be a risk. Maybe we can just um, see what's on the other side and then decide. Okay. 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 Um, so at that point, <clears throat> 
Patrick just kind of looking around will kind of nudge forward through the group. Uh, Napoleon staying at the rear, but he'll just kind of come up next to you. Um, shield at the ready, battle axe at the ready. And just kind of nods at you to kind of back you up and nothing more. Um, but he just kind of stands ready there to block any blows that might come at you if there is trouble on the other side. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll unlock the door. Okay. So this this beautiful ornate key it's it's effectively you know imagine like a golden city key that you might get from a mayor as um as a reward but this one's actually functional so when you slot it into the door you hear it clicking slowly into place and it takes like one two three pushes for it to fully uh, go inside and then it gets almost absorbed like it gets pulled in further until only the kind of ornate end is still sticking out then it you turn it and you hear a very complex mechanism inside of the door click 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 and it just keeps clicking for a good 20 seconds before the whole door just dissolves into nothingness including the key <clears throat> and on the other side you find a remarkably uh, simple chamber on the right side there is a bookcase with a desk some arcane components uh, laid out on that desk all very old, kind of dusty, and nothing of note. The chamber, however, is cut in two almost, and the other half, you see there's, a, kind of diagonally, almost like it fell over, is a large tube, maybe seven feet tall, made of glass, <clears throat> kind of this opaque glass, but inside you do make out a figure. And the tube is hooked up to this mechanism that you have no means of understanding at the moment. But you gather that it has to do with, um, with the ritual or the the, the spell that um, is meant to go off here. However, all of that is obscured because the left side of the room is still filled with part of this mist that's slowly swirling around that tube, and you see that it is especially concentrated in one area where it just completely obscures whatever is underneath. But there is basically the tube goes up to the side, uh, like up towards the ceiling, and then there's a straight back to the machine. And it, in the middle of that straight back, there's a portion on which the mist seems to be concentrating. And even as you watch, you do see that the mist, you think it might be slowly dissipating or being absorbed into that place. It remains strong where it's concentrated, but the rest of the mist is just slowly swirling inwards and inwards and inwards trying to disappear into something on the machine. <clears throat> Nothing attacks you. Well... I guess we can proceed inside. Let me, um... Let me look around. You guys stay on your toes. I want to see what I point towards the bookcase. What well, he was working on, but I need someone to watch that mist. I'll keep an eye on it. Patrick, likewise, will step forward, kind of nods to you, Myra, um, and he goes to stand off to the side, blocking like the other half of the room. It's maybe you know ten feet uh, across, and then ten feet um, across the other way as well. Um, so yeah, he kind of takes the takes Jean-Jacques back, you know, he kind of puts himself with his back to Jean-Jacques as you look at the bookcase. 
uh, and the rest of you have the, the front of the chamber. <clears throat> I'll, I'll focus on the loose papers that are on the desk. I think you mentioned some loose papers. Um, just to see if there's anything that might indicate how the mechanism operates um, or okay. pertains to the ritual. And then I'll take a look at the bookshelf and see if there are any titles on the... Okay. Uh, um, I think at a glance, before even needing to roll, the bookshelf is relatively sparse. There's maybe seven or eight tomes on it, and most of them um, are either about um, planar transference and moving across the planes, or specifically about um, the very, very fundamental magics, like the 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 very, like on a fundamental level that is typically taught only to true scholars of the arcane, you know, the ones who still do research at the university in Postitia right now. <clears throat> um, neither of which seem to relate to the mechanism much directly. Um, the papers on the desk, however, um, spread out a little bit, are essentially a set of research notes of various incarnations and experiments that he's done. And you kind of begin to, to glance through it. It does seem to be relating to um, the clone spell as you understand it. But go ahead and make an investigation check to see, you know, if you can quickly glean some of the information. That's cocked. Fuck me. <laughs> wow. 18. That's three 18s in a row. All three 10s in a row. Impressive. Yeah. Um, as you leaf through the papers and have a glance, like some of the intricacies escape you mainly because what he was trying to do was modify the spell somehow. And from a set of personal notes and annotations along the sides of these papers, you gather that he was trying to anchor himself, his soul, somehow, because he was, for some reason, afraid of being ripped away. And putting two and two together, with the disappearance of the elves, he was trying to modify the spell somehow so that he could circumvent being taken away by the magic that took away the elves. Mm. <clears throat> um, but other than that, uh, nothing in particular. You do glean from the notes that um, the concentration on the side of the device, uh, you, you find some specs, is likely concentrated around a soul gem that he had designed for himself for this very purpose. I'll give the Cliff Notes versions of that to to the party, not obfuscating anything, just mm -hmm. you know, boiling it down to the to the most important details. Yeah. Okay. Um, Patrick probably just chimes in, you know, amazed, soul gem, and he just asks if he can see the papers and they threw them a bit as well. Yeah, I give them to them. So it seems that. Um... <clears throat> Danos was very intent on staying on the prime material plane. Which isn't necessarily surprising considering the visions that we saw. But I'm afraid that it seems to have had negative effects on his very soul.
Barnack will chime in with what what kind of you, you mean the madness well yes and it's not necessarily to the best of my understanding and perhaps even Myra might know more than I do on this subject but it's not very common for one's soul to manifest itself as a magical mist that occupies an entire island consuming everything that comes in As you guys are kind of taking mm-hmm. in this information and trying to figure out, you know, what to what to say and what to do, um, the mist around the device is thinning. You can now see the outline of all of it. And indeed, you also see um, from the ambient lighting, which I forgot to mention, but there's, you know, like most places in the tower, it just has like a sort of ambient, almost like lead strips, but, you know, magical um, lighting that's... Uh, that lights up the place, and it kind of sends a, a little gleam onto this soul gem, and it's about this big, set into the side of the device, where there's just a receptacle, and um, you can also see that there's a slight crack along the front, into which the mist is now disappearing, from which presumably it initially also came. I was sort of seeing that out, kind of approach carefully uh, you know still saying it's sort of a, a safe what i deem to be safe distance which probably is like around five feet or so mm-hmm. and i'll gently kind of raise my hand and point that out and i say like see the vessel itself seems to have been damaged by something i'm assuming that that is the source of the faultiness of the mind held within but if and Patrick chimes in but if it is the crack that caused all of this then does it not stand to reason that if we repair it and restore him that his mind will be whole again well I don't believe in that myself if you splinter a leg that's been absolutely shattered the bones will knit back together but they will knit back all wrong and the person will limp for the rest of their lives who knows what might happen to an immortal soul if it's been exposed to its own unmaking for what dozens of years at the very least and with how strange time has been passing in this tower it could be thousands of years You may be right. Well, what do we do? Can we... I, I think I could possibly repair it. But is that what we want? It seems to be what I wanted before I forgot. Well, you didn't know about potential options. I think that we must make a decision here. We can repair the gem and bring back Danos in whatever state of mind he is but there's another option he kind of raises the hand with the ring of Oberon on it there is another that could take its place 
one of equal, if not greater, knowledge. Who? The sage Oberon that resides within this ring. Patrick looks utterly confused. Um, when you've you were seen acting him. strange? When you were acting strange, Jean-Jacques, yes. You mentioned that you were just as capable as Thanos and promised that creature that... Was that Oberon? That was indeed Oberon, yes. I had given him the reins to my body so that I may well that he may rescue us from that situation I don't know if I like that idea of Barnack will chime in and he says um but we don't know that Danos is crazy, and maybe doesn't he deserve a, a chance to make this right? Not after killing you, no. Well, I disagree. And this is specifically from Milosh, I asked him earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I disagree. You didn't have to watch your best friend die in the snow, Barnack. I did the dying. man killed him. I do not trust Danos. One bit. Whatever he was before he stored his soul in this gem is long gone now. Did you not see the animals that were corrupted, emaciated, their life force used? Did you not see the, the creature devouring memories that he kept as a pet? I saw, I saw. But even even an insane man deserves a, a chance to redeem himself and make things right. I know I'd want the chance. And now, since I'm the one who did the dying, I think that it that should count for something. Giving, but giving him a chance of something as world-shattering as this? Exactly. This we're, we're on talking about giving him a chance to earn back some gold that he stole from a peddler in town. We're talking about the fate of the whole world. How do we know if we give the chance to Oberon that he'll be able to stop whatever's happening in the tower? And it's not his tower, it's Danos's tower. Barnett kind of like points at Myra like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he also chimes in with, um, and can't you talk to Oberon anyway? If we get them both... Doesn't that give us the best chance? You can talk to Oberon and we try to make Danos help us? Well, on the first point, I was able to take moderate control of the tower with very little knowledge compared to that of Danos. Oberon can easily 
take control of it. These are all arcane machinations. I don't know what the proper word would be, but I have no doubts that a wizard of Oberon's magnitude would be able to seize control of the tower, let alone deal with the threat or help us deal with the threat. On the second point, there is a big difference between talking to Oberon and having Oberon here in the flesh, being able to do what he does. I couldn't do that without giving over control of my body to him, which is fine, but then I wouldn't be there. Besides, what if we give Danos this chance, we resurrect him, and he's as mad as fucking hell, and it takes him, what, a whole of six seconds to wipe us off the face of the prime material plane? I don't know if you realize the extent of the power that a wizard of this capacity holds. If you could roll a persuasion check for 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 Barnack. Uh, Kevin, I sent you a message. Yeah, eighteen. Do it. Okay. Uh, okay, eighteen, and um. Okay, um. Nicola, can you roll a straight d20 for me as well? Just d20 and tell me what the number is. Four. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Barnack takes in the arguments, at least, and kind of falls quiet. You know, he's thinking... Um, he's not happy with the choice that's being presented. But he's thinking and kind of absorbing and not arguing for the moment. Um, Tani, Myra, that in, in the ensuing silence would be the time for you to raise objections or agree. I don't think it's a good idea that we put someone else's body and soul in with the mind of another... I mean, Oberon had enough power to control you from, what, a ring? And what if it is corrupted? What if that corrupts Oberon? Well, the, the body itself, I don't think... The, the way that I understand the magic, <clears throat> it is not a... It is a is a vacated west vessel right now. Ober Danos' soul, and it's his entire essence, is contained within the soul gem. The body right now is is it's, it it is a a pitcher for wine that's never had any wine in it. It's as empty as it could be. It is only when the process is instigated that the soul would move from the body, uh, from the soul gem into the body. Right, Kevin? That's that correct? seems a very apt description of the mm -hmm. situation. I don't still trust it. I mean, if you're saying Oberon could easily take control of the tower, why couldn't he help you do that before? 
as I said, it requires me to yield control of my own body to him fully. And that is an imperfect process with him. A magic item is involved. It is not the same as if he had his own flesh and blood. Patrick will actually chime in for a moment and ask you, can the sage take control of a body against its will? I can only speak from my own experience, and he has not taken control of mine without my permission. But could he? The reason I ask is we could place the ring on the body, allow Danos to return, and then Oberon could still take control if Danos is insane. I can ask, but even if he could, these things are usually a, a battle of wills. And one thing I don't doubt is that Danos's will is formidable, even if he is unhinged. So the risk will be greater in also giving them a powerful magical artifact that he could then. And it requires you to spend some time with it to get to know the item. Mm. So unless Danos willingly spent the time, I don't believe that it would be possible to interact with him at all i.e. it requires attunement so mm -hmm. yeah no you're, you're talking to an artificer so he kind of just yeah, nods yeah. along like yep i understand <laughs> and um yeah with that patrick just kind of falls back into the background um and it, you've noticed that you know the three people who are here your characters are the ones kind of standing together still barnack has uh, turned away slightly and is looking at the device and Patrick just faded into the background so the three of you are kind of left to talk and discuss um, without further input for the moment um, let me just um... You good? Yep. Okay. As we're all just kind of discussing this in slight, you know, different takes on everything, seeing that right now it's two against one, Myra's just going to kind of head off to a different part of the room. and. Okay. I will. I will just say, you know, it's it's everyone is kind of seeking their own places, but the the room is quite small, so you all end up kind of standing in your own corners almost, um, just kind of like trying to find your own space to think. Um, just farther away from Jean Jacques. Yeah. Okay. Um, you uh, know what you did. <laughs> if there is no discussion uh, for a bit, um, Barnack will beckon. For Tani, and he just steps out into the hallway. What? You're just gonna to... leave? Whatever. I'll look around and I'll see if I can find a spell book. Okay. As you say that, though, he just turns and he says, just 
I need a moment to think and discuss. This is a big decision, okay? I, I still think Danos deserves a chance. And he just shakes his head and he walks out of the room, hopefully with Tani in tow. Okay. I follow. Okay. Um, as soon as you're like, you're like five or ten feet beyond the door, you know, you just walk past Napoleon. Um, he he turns and he just kind of looks, you know, he looks troubled, uh, but he's got his his leadership face on the the way he kind of, you know, likes to be in charge. Um, and he turns, and folds his arms and looks up at you. Well. What do you think? Well, I think Oberon is a bit more stable. And he did reassure that creature there, and it didn't really seem like he was just saying words. He really did mean that he was par powerful enough. So we just leave? A man who's been, with an elf, who's been through all of this horrible stuff without any hope to, to be saved. I mean, Oberon's been in his ring for forever. He can wait a little longer, but this might be Danos' only chance for a body. What if he does attack us? We have no chance. I think right now Oberon can help stop whatever's happening in the tower. And I don't know, it sounds reasonable to me. He looks troubled. And then you see him briefly just look up. I'm team over on I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. And he just kind of wipes his brow. And, um, and because Oberon has been in the ring, I don't think he'd want to let the world die. I, I say that even though, like, mm. yeah. Uh, he's not going to let the world die because he'd want to live in it, right? I hope so. I really hope so, Tani. But maybe we can take the gem with us. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can save Danos another time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I do like the idea of giving Danos another chance, but something like this, that it so many things can go wrong. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. We're not powerful enough to rectify it. I just, I, I just punch things. That won't help. But you punched them really hard. <laughs> I hope that was appropriate for Barnack. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead. And, but I don't think Myra's gonna like it. 
Um, so while they have this conversation out in the hallway, um, Jean-Jacques, you look for a, a spell book. Among the books, unfortunately, there is nothing of the kind uh, in particular. Um, there are no spells outright recorded, but you do find instead, perhaps something you would want to keep for later, um, a book that explores the fundamentals of magic in a way that you've never heard of. In a, in a way that it conceptualizes a magical dimension and energy which you've kind of seen in the engine of the tower in a way that just does not compute with any of the prevailing theories and knowledge of the weave and how it all fits together so you might want to uh, to pocket that one well <clears throat> and um i will then move closer to myra okay myra you were Standing further away, and uh, Shantok mm-hmm. approaches. And I'll just, um, he'll just say, um, you don't trust me. No, I don't. Not fully. Why? I'll, like, pull my, like, breastplate off a little bit to show, like, the scarring to this and what you have in your possession. I don't know how they're connected, but I know they are. Well, do you trust Barnack? Barnack. More, more than me. More than you. Right, well, he had this before I did. But for the time I've been here, you've had it. You've used it. I saw that. The markings you have. In some ways, I have as little reason to trust you as you do me. But... While trust is earned, sometimes it requires a leap of faith. I'm not saying that you have to take it, nor that you have to take it on me. But you haven't really tried, not not genuinely, to understand or to ask me about this thing that I carry. Before you continue, I'm just going to have to run out real quick. One minute. Please continue with the story. Okay. It's hard to ask you things when I know you've left out details of bits of what's happened with the group. I'm good at telling when people are lying, but I can't tell what part of the story I'm missing. I don't like having gaps in my memory. With that, I cannot help. Um, With the gaps, I mean. I didn't see 
whatever you guys saw. I don't know what you were offered, nor what the nature of Yarkar was. Well, I think I have an inkling as to what the nature might have been based on my own conversation. I hid a detail from the group, yes. I hid the fact that I was told by the creature, whatever it is, um, forgetting the name right now, well, Bas not, not Basil, not Pax, the... It was like it? a bee though, right? What? Yeah. yeah? Sorry, yeah, who? Yeah, know the idea. Sorry, who? Yeah. The, the ancient broski that offered us deals um, when John Jung turned back time. What was his name? Oh, Bekor. B-E-K-O-R. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, what I left out is that Bekor offered me to become the Scarlet Rose. To supplant him and to become the overlord of the criminal underground. Paul I know we're having a serious conversation, but isn't the Scarlet Rose all the pamphlets Barnack has? Yes. I could have just glanced at the door where Tommy and Barnack are having a conversation. Yeah, the voice is just quiet in the background. He's just like waving his head like, what, I can't, you know. Now remind I'm me. smiling, <laughs> Myra is not. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, remind me, in, in the retelling that I did, I mentioned that the clockmaker was appeared to JJ and helped out, didn't I? Or did I not? Like, that's how I turned back time. Did I mention the fact uh, that she... I believe that you specifically... Didn't do uh, it. No, you did. You told about the clock, right? but you did not tell about the clock piece um, and any potential functionality until later. Like, you revealed that right. a few episodes ago. Um, but yeah. you did tell about the clockmaker and then um, something about the outside influence you know, on the okay. coin flip that you made. Yeah, so the only thing that I actually hid was what offer I was made, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, so, he says, um, and I wanted to take it. I really, really, really badly wanted to take it. But I flipped a coin and felt that the core changed the outcome. I decided to turn back time when it was offered. That is the whole of it. The clockmaker and I then have our compact before that. Not really anyway. I started fiddling with it, but that was the first time that we properly communicated and or had any form of uh, agreement. Well, it seems like I got signed up to an agreement. I didn't get a chance to say no to. Well, the agreement's between her and I, or them and I. I don't believe that that extends to anybody else other than, well, my motivation. Again, uh, motion to the shoulder. Ah, I see. I'm 
I can only know whether that's the case if you tell me what it is. As you guys talk about it and the motion occurs, both of you hear the faint tick, 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 tick in the background. It fades away the moment, you know, that you stop focusing on it as much, but it's definitely there. Well, it might be of them. If you don't want to share it with me, I doubt that it is by them that that happened. They don't seem to be um, very willing to directly influence individuals in such a way. Shame to be true, but the gap in my memory isn't only from what happened when you turned back time down in that basement. Is it, wait, you said it's not only from that time? Yeah, it's not the only gaps in my memory. Yeah, the basement meaning the one where John yeah. yeah. I see. So you don't really know how you got it then? Barely. I know that half of my old group is dead or missing. The one that I know is alive refuses to leave their safe haven. When did this happen? If you don't mind me asking. Half a year ago? A little more? When did Appy lose his memory? Um... I don't think he ever gave you a very precise indication, but it was um, it was somewhere between six and twenty-four months before you met him. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to pronounce the prison wrong. Orisi. Yeah, Orisi. That's correct. Okay. Ah. A Reese prison? Our team... Our group was sent there... Um... To investigate. And... We got split apart. Days passed. A few of us escaped. One died in the process. Do I know of it, Kevin? This Reese prison? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, everyone who lives in Postitia for any amount of time uh, has heard of it because it's a very prominent tower in the bay um, mm. where only very serious criminals are kept. You know, the ones that are not safe to reintegrate or make use of um, and the ones who can't pay a fine to get rid of their crimes are shipped there. You know. It wasn't with us at the Equinical or the meeting, meeting with Elena, right? Uh, no, I don't, uh, uh the, no, no. Myra, no, Myra joined the day after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I see, well, what I know is that there are 
many individuals that are pursuing this. And he pulls out the clock piece that is fully functional now, for the most part, anyway, right? Like, it's it's actually ticking. It's ticking, but it's not the, the clock is not moving yet. It's just ticking. Yeah. And they are as different as other, well, anybody ever is. One such individual, Lord Mortimer, was it Mortimer? I don't have any of my notes, so. Uh, I think so, yes. Let me grab the list real quick. Yeah, Robert Mortimer, yep. Robert Mortimer. That's, that's Appy. Yeah. He's done something like that. That we have seen. When I say it like that, I just mean similar to it, creating these thralls that he summoned to his beck and call. But he was so disfavored by the clockmaker that he was punished by them to a life of misery and destitute his power taken away and memory as well he's regained that now unfortunately due to our help we weren't aware of what we were doing but we helped and there is indication that there's a wider conspiracy amongst the Pustitian elite. Maya just kind of chuckles. She kind of looks at her. What? There's several. I mean, aren't you bored from the elite? You should know. My circumstances are a little bit different, but yes, there are many conspiracies at any given time, but this one specifically, we believe, is related to the abuse of the power that the clockmaker bestows upon individuals, or at least the nature of their power. Now you know everything I do. For the most part. Oh, Kevin, why are you making me do this? <laughs> I'm, I'm only supporting you guys in this amazing conversation. I am pissed because one of them was a 20. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh -huh. uh, 18. So. Okay, I'm going to write to you. Please continue talking. I will tell you, that makes me feel a little bit better in trusting you. I still don't think we should give over on the body. That's okay. And I We're haven't all... told you everything about things I know, but that might take a little bit more I know you didn't. Time. I understand. You can have as much time as you want, but the one thing... 
you should know, rather that I want to tell you, is that trust that doesn't come easily to me. And you did this, and Turnock did it as well. You expected a lot, demanded a lot, yet you'd offered nothing. And that is, well, in speaking quite candidly, um, hypocritical to the extreme. You want to know all about me. You want me to change my life and my ways. Yet you offer nothing in return. And it's fine today. I'll make this gesture to you. But do not expect me to trust you with my most intimate thoughts, feelings, and histories without ever telling me anything about you other than your name. He turns around and leaves. Okay. So, um, Myra, any follow-up from you? Um, as he's leaving, I just kind of, like, whispered not so quietly. Really hard to have any conversation to get to know someone when they almost die eight hours into their job. Okay. So, with those words in your ear, you know, turn to leave. I mean, the only place you have to go is out of the chamber to maybe get a little... Um, change of, of scenery and step you... two two steps away <laughs> well uh, it does give you a view of the door and like it's being um, well or of the opening rather there's no more door but um, there um, qu quietly just chatting away about god knows what um, are Barnack and Tani who seem to have decided to give you two some space to talk before re-entering um, so seeing you Barnack just kind of perks up walks in just gives you a solemn nod of his own um about his own decision um and he looks around and he says you know very pointedly looking at Myra I think when he says it I think Oberon is probably the right decision but I want to keep the gem and see if we can help Danos when we can. Do you agree? And he kind of looks finally at John Jock. Seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do to me. There are more ways to achieve resurrection than just this. I know this will weigh down on you, no matter what. But we can only wish to be able to save everybody at all times. And this is for the greater good. He seems like he's about to say something, and then he just doesn't. And he just... Nonsense. He gave him a meaningful look when he said, we can mm. only wish, just for Milos' reference in the future. Good. Okay. Um, Barnack's eyes turn to Myra, who he presumes is the last objection to this particular plan. Myra doesn't say anything, just 
looks to the group and shrugs. Well, Patrick says, shall I take out the gem and repair it, but not put it back? Yes, might as well. Very well. He goes about his business, he, you know. Um, actually, in his pack, he has a number of tools that none of you have seen before. Jean-Jacques, to you, they seem familiar in the sense that they you feel like they should be familiar, but aren't, based on the things that happened before. Your life, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he begins to work at it, and he pries it free, and runs his hand over it multiple times, and slowly the crack begins to grow closer and closer until it fades away, uh, with all of the mist now inside. And you see inside of the gem, it's just, it's like a, it's almost more like a glass in the shape of a gem, like a perfect gemstone. And inside is just a swirling mist that constantly goes about. And sometimes when you look at it, as he holds it up, you think almost that you can see some of the faces that you've seen in the mists before. Some of the dead elves and some of the, sometimes Danos himself just coming to the fore, screaming every time and then just disappearing again. He hands over the gem to Barnack. I'll make sure to add it to his uh, inventory list. And, uh, yeah, the next step is yours, Jean-Jacques. Well, while... While, um... Patrick is operating... Mm -hmm. On the gem... Jean-Jacques retreats into his mind palace, right? Um, and says, um... Mon ami, are yes. you there? I am. You do know what I am planning to do, yes? I have been able to watch, never since we exchanged places for a time. I am aware. would imagine the solution is amenable to you? It is agreeable. In fact, I am appreciative. But I wonder what it is you expect of me precisely. I would ask not expect, but ask that you aid us in banishing this creature back to whence it came. I understand that you would have your own path to follow, but if you do not help us, we will most likely perish, and there will be no path to follow for anybody. So I ask for your aid until such a moment where we banish the creature and rid our plane of it. That is all. Tell me one thing. In the notes that you have read, have you found any reference to the blue veil? Um, make another um, investigation check, but like investigating within your own mind. Uh, 
I will use. <clears throat> I will use my five-minute advantage on okay. ability checks. Thank goodness. Twenty-three. <laughs> Twenty-three. You have, in fact, some of the papers relating to the clone spell modifications specifically reference the blue veil and preventing it or preventing being pulled across it whatever that may be I relay that okay make an insight check as you are moderately aware of Oberon's feelings at this point 19 he seems extra pleased at the news but he is in agreement and seems happy at the prospect it doesn't ring any bells to me I would assume um no no not even with a check would you be able to to make this okay alright well then I think we may proceed very well so um if you do indeed proceed, then it's very simple. There is the receptacle for which um, in, into which you must place the ring. And um, Patrick uh, is the one who actually you know makes sure to attach it properly uh, so that's properly focused. And he does warn you that it would be best to let your own attunement expire before um, doing so. So this will also give you guys a short rest, if you wish, inside of the the chamber, or in the hallway, um, as you please. <clears throat> but if you do so, then indeed one hour later, you are essentially able to reset the device and cause it to activate again, and as soon as you do with the ring in place... One second. Okay. Is Oberon able to like th tell my thoughts if I'm just having them internally? No, as far, at least uh, to your knowledge, no. He's never responded to one or specifically yeah. done anything unless you reached out to him. All right, because just for your information, John Jack is thinking that once the attunement is over, he will ask Barnack to see the soul gem to see if he can communicate with uh, with Danos. Uh, so you with tried to attune the, the soul gem? No, 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 said. just once he's okay. unattuned from the ring... Okay. He'll just try to take the soul gem into his hands and talk, but he had the thought of talking okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Danos, so I'm not sure if Oberon can sense that. Okay. Um, the time passes. You unattuned from the ring. You request the soul gem from Barnak. Nothing seems to have occurred. And um, you hold it in your hands. What is your emotion as you try to focus on the gem and communicate with Danos? Fear. Fear. Okay. So as all of you are gathered around, a cringing figure of Danos, still spectral, once again appears within the chamber. 
this time with a very clear tether to the gem itself. And he kind of flickers in and out like on an old TV with the, the picture not properly working. And he just kind of looks around. What are you doing? What is happening? Where are we? What? No. 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 Oh, this is not how it's supposed to be. No. And he just keeps muttering no. But he hasn't acknowledged you per se yet. Or, nor have you spoken yet. So what do you want to do? How is it supposed to be? Um... Sorry, rolling a die. I don't have my physical dice. Um, as you as you speak, um, he looks at you and just immediately cringes further away. Like he sinks to his knees and he's just like, "No, no! How did you get out? I contained you. I'm not supposed to be here. No." No. Okay. Sean Jack just turns to the others and says, He is too far gone. I think I will proceed. Barnack will come up to you and holds out his hand and just asks, Can I try? By all means. Okay. <clears throat> Barnack takes a hold of the gem. Briefly, the, f the vision disappears before he focuses on it. And rather than the cringing, scared figure there is a rather serene and calm looking Danos who appears, also flickering a little, you know, translucent black and white and he looks around oh, I see now I see will you stop it? and he looks directly at you, Jean-Jacques He looks at the others. He looks at the device. Perhaps. He looks at Tani. Will you stop it? Tani can hear all this, right? Mm -hmm. It's a vision in the chamber that's okay. speaking to you. Me specifically, or the group. You are gathered here to prevent a great evil, are you not? Mm -hmm. Then I ask, will you stop it? Are you committed to this course? Are you certain of what you are doing? I believe we are committed. If you weren't, we would have turned around long ago. He looks to Myra. This is 
the vision of Oberon, right? No, of Danos. Danos. Oh, oh, Danos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Will you stop it? I mean, that was the plan. Come in here and stop whatever is going on. Even at the cost of them or yourself? At this point? I mean, if we don't, we all die, so yes. He looks back to Jean-Jacques. all costs. He says that as he's like, as he seems to be considering something. The last thing he says to the group I hope you do not learn why we say beware the sage. And then he whoop, disappears back into the gym. And Barnack just stares a little bit but it seems he had a telepathic communication which is just a bit easier for me to do right now <laughs> so Patrick stands in the corner just eyebrows raised and just chimes in with you guys are weird this is really weird I was hoping for some clarity, but that seemed like very, the very definition of madness to me. Cowering afraid one moment and then confident and regal in another. I don't know. You guys are weird. Are we going to do this thing? Or are you going to swap them out again? Barnack doesn't say anything, just holds the gem, stares at it, and then pockets it away. <clears throat> well then. Oh, well, fuck it. And I'll go and activate. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, essentially, you're turning it off and back on again. Um, so... In, in the true traditional customer support spirit, you do what Danos could not do himself and turn off the device, turn it back on, and um, as it powers up, you see the small beam of green energy begin to run through the ring and then up into the device, and the top part of that beam begins to grow thicker until it's almost maybe like this thick and just runs into the device, and the whole tube begins to grow, uh, glow with this green, um, with this green vapor that you have all become so accustomed to by now. <clears throat> About two or three minutes later, it begins to dissipate. And as the energy fades, there's a clink as the ring drops from the device. And the tube opens, a bit of air pressure releases, and there is indeed the figure of Danos, with his jet black hair, his 
elven features which should be comely but are just a little bit off from looking good um like everything's just a bit in the wrong place um that's just the way he was born um but identical to the uh the paintings that you've seen in the tower so far and he you know in the very almost stereotypical way as if he were a super villain he studies himself as he comes to life and looks at everything he's naked by the way and as he steps out he looks around the room very well this will do thank you and he nods to um, to Jean-Jacques <clears throat> now if perhaps one of you has something to spare before I can get myself decent uh, I can't hear you Nicola Pull out my fine clothes that I have. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So pretty easily, and without shame, like, it's he's not dressing because he's ashamed, he's just, you know, dressing because it's supposed to be the way, uh, that way. So he dresses in fine clothes, um, very fine clothes, in fact, and um, gestures for the door. Well then, shall we take control of my new tower? Let us go. Excellent. He waits for a moment for anyone to move and then realizes that you all are kind of still dealing with this new reality. Um, and he steps past everyone, past Napoleon, and he starts heading out. Um, pretty pretty soon, it doesn't take you much effort, uh, all of you find yourselves back in Laboratory 1 with the lights on. Before we do, can I pick up the ring? Oh, yes, Just, you can. You can definitely pick up the ring on your way I'll out. I'll pocket it. Yeah. <coughs> so it's still a beautiful golden ring. <clears throat> um, but you all find yourselves back in Laboratory 1. You go through the snow. You en exit the globe and um, stand there for a moment. Glad that, first of all, you're not bathed in more of the, uh, more of the mist, which has dissipated here as well. And... Um, Moments later, uh, Kiralos arrives, and he kind of looks at Danos for a moment, and then bows his head, and the two have a brief conversation about basic functions of the tower, and blah blah blah, like, it's a very technical conversation, um, before Danos uh, turns to all of you and says, uh, well, it seems that we have a little time left, I think it is prudent that I will take inventory of the situation, while you go and rest properly in the guest quarters. I will update your privileges to make sure that you are true visitors to the tower and then I will return to you as soon as I know more. Agreed? Agreed. Excellent. This way. And he leads you through the teleport into the main chamber, into the nexus and then from the nexus um he leads you on into, or rather, actually, he calls Kiralos, and, um, you know, he just says, the servant will, will take you, and then he disappears through a different teleportation circle, and um, Kiralos will lead you to another teleportation circle, it's a lot of those today, but finally, you do find yourself in a luxurious hallway, with the only thing that makes it look not perfect, is the fact that one of the paintings on the wall 
between two of the doors has been ripped in two quite viciously. And you gather that despite everything else looking decent again, there was probably some kind of fight here at some point. Um, but Kiralos reassures you that there's nothing, um, no danger now. And um, snaps his fingers and behind each door reveals an identical chamber. There's a beautiful canopy bed. There's a desk. There's actually a large window with what seems to be, you presume, a simulated view of a landscape. And even toilet, bathroom, um, everything is pretty much there for you, uh, for your convenience. The only one that is different is at the end of the hallway where the door opens into a large common room where several large couches are and sofas are scattered about. There's a large bookcase containing primarily uh, fiction and some scientific books um, of a, you know, that are not quite as complicated as the typical stuff that you've seen in a tower. And across from the door, there's a wall, maybe 40 feet ac uh, across and 20 feet high that is looks like it's all window. And it also has, again, a view in this case of um, a calm ocean. But as Kiralos shows you uh, the room, he also shows you how to change it. There's like a little kind of swipe um, gem on the side, which if you swipe your fingers across, it changes to a rainy storm, then to a forest, to a meadow, to a mountain peak. And he tells you that there's more if you keep looking. Um, and finally, he gestures to the dining table, which as he does so, immediately fills up with food. Um, there's meat and bread, cheese and ale and wine, pastries and pancakes. There's all kinds of food, all fresh, and it seems that you'll be taken care of while you wait for the new master of the tower to go about his business. <clears throat> so, going from resurrecting Oberon in this case, to having no idea where he is, you're left alone in the guest chambers of Danos Tower to contemplate your successes and failures so far, and um, perhaps to have a few conversations. There are a few looks that are being thrown about. Um, Patrick is mainly curious and a bit, you know, hesitant about the whole situation as there seems to be some tension within the group. Uh, whereas Barnack has somehow, like, processed all of it and he has agreed to what you guys did, but he obviously is dealing with his own emotions, having also recently died and his kind of, you know, whole situation. So he's keeping to himself for the moment, um, providing, you know, a cheerful smile, a helpful comment or a witty, you know, remark, at least witty for Barnack, um, when necessary so that he appears like himself. But it's not hard to tell that, you know, things are on his mind and that he may take some time to recuperate. So while you guys are here, is there anything that you would like to do before or during or after you long rest? Before we long rest, I am going to gather up a bunch of my notes and paperwork, mm -hmm. um, find Jean-Jacques, hopefully alone, um, and kind of toss it at him. You don't trust me. Here's everything I know of why I'm here and what has happened. Um, I'll kind of like toss it in like stacks. So like, here's one of the information of Order of the Chain and I'll have underlined uh, Eliza. Right. Fuck, 
uh, last name. Um, uh, yeah, also not in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, Luther. Right. Um, I'll like understand that like really hard before I fast over. Um, there's that one. My own personal notes and what happened uh, at the prison. I would give you the letters I have from Kieran, but um, I gave them to the lady so that I had protection while we walked here. Um, here's my official orders to find out uh, about the cult that Tawny was in. Um, and I'll toss those. And the note from Cadence to report back to them. Oh no, hold on, give me a second. <laughs> Unlucky timing. Um, Tani, I saw you look, but uh, this is being said away from you. I don't think so. Yeah, me reacting. <laughs> um, letter from Cadence to report back your actions, because like, they don't trust that you guys are reporting back properly to them. Cadence? I wasn't going to actually report back to them anyways. Cadence is the tiefling from the Unusual Services Division. Um, here's my official notice to find the speaker of the cult, which I was hoping Farnax already seen that. I was trying to spare Tani any bad memories or anything flooding back by not bringing it up in front of her, but... Magnifique. Um... I gotta say, Mara, um, well, firstly, I'm appreciative. My comments were not necessarily made to force your hand, more so. Well, either way, I'm thankful for you sharing this with me. I do appreciate it, and, well, it seems like, uh, two of us are two peas in the pod in some ways, at least, in some capacity I, I can't say that i'm not just flabbergasted that this is the nature of your work i did not peg you for someone that gets involved so i could only imagine that it wasn't voluntary or your chosen work involved in what which aspects are you surprised well, about I mean, all of this together is very, I mean, you're being a sent as a spy, that's how I see it. I mean, yeah, Cadence wanted me to report back, but that seemed kind of bullshit anyways. Um, you seem like the type who would report back properly if need to be. Um, so that was kind of thrown away. I mean... The order of the chain, intimate connections, kind of happens. Um, well, I'm being judgmental. Uh, I'm apologies if, if I'm, I'm, I apologize if it seemed that way. I was immediately caught off guard, and you're right. I would always report back, but there's an art to reporting back. Not reporting is the worst thing that you can do. Reporting back just enough truth so that it can be verified and a sufficient amount of lies 
so that you protect those you care about is something that I can certainly help you with. I wouldn't get on the bad side of the unusual services division if I could avoid it. Let's see, maybe after this one. I know this one's not getting reported back uh, by the book. Maybe we should do one properly to at least get them off our heels. Yeah. Yeah, I can help you. I've written many for my mother. Uh, when he says that, I kind of like pull like one of the sheets out again with Eliza's name. If you want to meet mine, I'm sure she'd like to meet you guys. This is your this Eliza. Eliza, what is it? Luther. Is it a familiar name? Um. It is a familiar name. It is quite is a it... powerful member of Parliament. It is not. No, sorry. Chance you chose the name. Um, okay. It's it's, it's I was a like... She's not that old. Uh, okay. No, okay. No, no. <laughs> Different Eliza. Um, sorry. Just for context, for anyone else, we had an uh, an Eliza who was like a pirate queen in our previous campaign. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not that one. But she is a prominent member of um of the grand assembly a very prominent member and um was notably absent from the equinical but um you've heard her name in powerful circles not mentioned directly but your your mother has had dealings with her everyone has that's just how you know those upper yeah. level positions work yeah he just says uh it chuckles very like tone perfect exactly the same way that myra chuckled um, when he said, Eli like, he, and then it seems, like, very obvious, but he doesn't mean it, like, in a mocking, it's like, Chuckles, ah, see that, um, you've had your own experiences with the elite. Kind of stayed out of it. But. Yeah, me too. You know. Some ways. It says some ways. <laughs> so he specifically says it in some ways. Really hard to sort every plan your mother puts out um, without letting her know. But oh, not in those ways. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this. Uh, see that we have uh, more in common than I ever would have thought. Kind of like just. You know, glare for a second, like, mm. but I don't say anything. Okay. Um, as I head out, I'll, I kind of like turn back and be like, "That invitation to have dinner with my mother is still out in the open. It's been I'll kind of like look around because we're still in the fucking tower, but like, it's been some time." <laughs> yeah, it has been uh, some time. And she does like me to visit every once in a while, which isn't too terribly hard when I'm in the city. Well, I mean, haven't been asked to meet a lady's mother in a long time, so I certainly ain't gonna say no. Give her, like, the Cheshire smile that is reserved for the most, you know, um, yeah, his, his, his most interested uh, party, <laughs> so to say. <laughs> and 
Make sure some of those notes don't get into Tani's hands. At least not yet. You have nothing to worry about. I'll keep them safe. I don't know if that's true, but I trust you on not giving them over to Tani. He kind of <laughs> gives her a considering look. And then, um, what would I have? A huge ego? <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> He'll just, um, approach Myra and then very quietly to her say, um, my uncle, Jean-Pierre, Dupois conspired against the what was the name of the guy? I say the name of the guy. Phoenix Storm. Phoenix Storm. Phoenix Storm. Yeah. No, wait, not against him. The, not against him. The the peace thing. The dude that we got drunk so that he would make a fool out of himself so that Jean Pierre could take his place. Oh, that name. Uh. I mean, for for all intents and purposes, yeah. You know. It's also an important member. Um, yeah. And I and my uncle conspired against him so that my uncle could supplant him in this place. And you are the only person that knows that. So if I betray your trust with these notes, you can do whatever you want with that information. Okay. I, like, pull out my little poetry book and, like, write, like, in the margin that little bit of information. Okay. Okay. Um... If you could send me a message on Discord about that information, so I can give you the proper name later. Um, that way. I, either one of you can send me a message to remind me. <clears throat> okay, so while you two have that talk, um, Tani and Barnack and Patrick, as well as Napoleon, are in the main chamber, you know, the common room, uh, unless you oh, wanted to, to stay alone. Um, but um, Patrick just kind of, you know, looks over at Barnack, sees that Barnack is still really up, wrapped up in his own world. And um, he will join Tani in whatever she's doing, whether that is browsing books or eating or, you know, just sitting. I don't know what that would be. Do some stretches. Maybe. Okay. So he'll pull up a chair because he's not doing stretches. <laughs> so he, he pulls up a chair. He just comes to sit down. He crosses his legs and um, folds his arms. Looks around the room, then looks at you. So, um, you met my wife. Oh, God. What, what's she like? I'm doing my stretches, and I'm like... What, what's Ellen yeah. like these days? I was going to say very confident, sure of herself, but I'm pretty sure that's the Elena you know. Right? Well, that seems about right. Mm, has a powerful position. And we rescued her from spiders from other, another dimension, I think. They were... Okay. Yeah, they were giant and... She was, he had uh, her feet sticking out of a portal. Okay. He rescued her from that. 
Mm-hmm. How? Okay, that that is odd. And do you know any? Did did we ever meet you together? How how are she and I? Do you know? We didn't meet you before this, because you were already missing. Oh. You had already gone to Salarian Isle. And what? that was the mission that we took. She sent you to rescue me. To get you me. back. Yep. And, well, to figure out why you decided to come here, it involved, right. it involved a very formal party with lots of powerful people as well. And, and then, yep, coming here, getting you back. She she wanted to know for her answers, you know, whether you were really gone, whether you were alive or not. And that was our mission. Okay. Huh. That's strange. I I I don't recall having a wife. Ellen and I, as far as I know, are we were flirting and enjoying ourselves and but and then as he's trying to talk more there's an interruption because um you all hear a slight like it's like a sort of humming of energy that seems intentionally uh created to alert people when the teleporter is used so all of you can kind of have a look and look inside the hallway appearing there is Danos, or at least the body of Danos with Oberon inside, as well as another figure, short, bespectacled, with frizzy red hair, who kind of looks around. All right. Hey, everyone, come on, let's go. And the both of them walk past the rooms um, as she sees you, uh, Jean-Jacques. She just kind of like snaps her fingers. Come along. And walks into the common room and turns around. Oberon, standing off to the side, crosses her arms. And there, waiting for you, is the clockmaker herself. And that's where we'll end the session. What the fuck? (laughs) I come back to hear, you know, a cross from you. It's the clockmaker. Yep. The clockmaker appeared and is beckoning or summoning all of you to join her in the common room. This is some bullshit. And I love it, but I also hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna be quite a story to tell at a tavern. People won't believe us. (laughs) (laughs) A god, an ancient elven sage, and four fuck faces walk into a bar. (laughs) Hey. Three fuck faces. <laughs> no, it can be four. Tani. Patrick is there. No, no. Yeah, don't bring Tony into this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nice. So yeah. Um. By the way, I wanted to uh, give you all inspiration because those were some really, really great moments. Uh, so please add a point of inspiration to your character sheet. And um, if someone, well, I'll I'll tell Barnack. Uh, I'll tell Milosh directly. Uh, I think I can add it to. At least yeah, but because it's a counter, right? So he's probably counting on his own stuff because uh, you can have I've up got, to three. I've got a counter. My max is nine. 
999,999,999 inspiration. I have biggest aspirations for inspiration. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for playing. I'm glad that you had fun. And thank you for watching, Simon especially. Always thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We appreciate everyone else who watched uh, who, or who may watch this later. And please remember to follow, uh, like our YouTube videos, subscribe everywhere. Um, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.